mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. I'm Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamond. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art, this is episode F3 three of season one. Are we doing seasons now? Yeah, because we're international. exciting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. global. Who we are you? We are. Well, our guest is going to be really happy to be on season one. Our guest there. is so global. <laughs> the most global of the globes. It's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, really exciting. So, today we have a, uh, a special guest who means a lot to me and Rob. He's become... Uh, he has become uh, a very, very dear friend. He has. And he's been living in London for maybe like six months now? Has it been six months? Yeah, he's yeah. Been, yeah, he's been... And uh, we've been hanging out quite a lot. And as we do with all our friends, all we ever do is talk about art. So we've been like dragging friends who weren't necessarily like crazy about mm. art around galleries, around art fairs, mm-hmm. around museums. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's been on an adventure with us, which uh, we will find out whether he's enjoyed that or not. Yeah. Uh, well, well, we wanted to get someone on who wasn't as uh, au fait, because I speak French, with... Uh, the, the art world too much and you know because I feel like some people listening to this podcast might not know as much about art as we pretend that we know and they're going to have all these questions that you get asked a lot about well what does it mean why is it so much money why should I go and look at it I don't really get it so we're getting someone on who he actually knows more about art than he lets on but he's going to ask us all the questions that we think that you guys might be asking us yeah definitely and um We've just done the interview on the last episode with an artist, Michael Craig Martin, and the idea, I think, is to occasionally do those kind of interviews which are much more serious, focused mm. about contemporary art, mm. about the history of art. Yes, and yes. Then, <laughs> and then we're going to have <laughs> just mates of ours, basically, or different people that inspire us in other fields yes. and in other ways. Yes, and other creatives yeah. who have their own kind of shit going on, who yeah. want to kind of share our shit. And also... <laughs> and also, uh, everyone really loves art on some level. I mean, apparently on Instagram, I heard that the biggest hashtag they've ever had in the history of the... It's talk it, art. It, no, <laughs> no, actually, it's hashtag talk art podcast. Ah. Um, no, it's actually just hashtag art. No. Um, yeah, and that's like the biggest, um, you know, volume of whatever you call movement. it. Movement. Movement of, of things. Yes. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's well, been the biggest great. hashtag ever invented or something is art, which says a lot. Well, we're a visual world, Rob. We are. 
We're real visual people living in a visual world. You're in like a very uh, what sort of nice punchy light. kind oh. of like bold mood this morning, aren't you, Russell Tovey? I'm all right, actually. I put on a denim shirt. Do you know what? I'm feeling incredibly invigorated, and do you know why? Why? Because last night, <laughs> tell me, Russell and I went out to the National Portrait Gallery. Um, which both of us love, love very much. The. And actually, I spent ages in the gift shop waiting for you to arrive because you did your typical, like, I'm a celebrity, going to turn up late thing. I was eight minutes late. Eight minutes is still late. In my Uber. It's still my bad writing. not acceptable. Well, and I whatever. heard about that. That's a good point. Russell was just on Jessie Ware and her wonderful mother, Lenny's podcast, Table Manners, Correct. which if you haven't heard, everyone listen to now because I was very actually touched by it. Oh, um, my but, one. Or... Yeah, by your one. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I love all of their shows, yeah. actually. I've been listening to a lot of them. They're brilliant. Thanks. But I love the fact that you had a really terrible Uber rating. It's actually quite I did. It was shocking. hilarious. Yeah. Um, anyway, going back to last night. Yes. The uh, preview for Enjadeka Akinili Crosby's show. Uh, she is a phenomenal uh, artist from Nigeria who now lives in the States. She's married to a Texan and she creates these layered works which are autobiographical, a lot of them, would you they're say? They're so good. Beautiful. And they ha- they're they all on paper. Yeah. Well, at least the ones we've seen. I think she has made work on canvas no, when I, she was I, younger. I, I spoke to Victoria Miro, who is yeah. her, uh, her gallerist in uh, the UK, and she's now just signed to David's Werner in the States. That's just been announced. Yeah. But she was saying only, she's only ever seen one work on canvas. So know, she works predominantly on paper. And there's a lot of transfer. And it, it's almost like collage, but it's collage. not quite collage because yeah. it kind of, it's transfer somehow. Yeah. And she uses a lot of images from her family photo albums. Yeah. And, um, from Nollywood. There's all these Nollywood characters that appear. That really? Are kind of, yeah, which are super so cool. famous in Nigeria. And uh, they're, they're incredible, beautiful Beautiful works. Uh, and her work is very much about looking to her childhood and her past, but then also uh, combining that with her present. Mm. And often, um, I, what I really liked about it is all the plants, because she often includes loads of like foliage and plants. Foliage, yeah. And she'll take like American foliage mm. and then Nigerian foliage and mm. put them together. So mm. they would never have even been seen together mm. like that. Oh. And I love that kind of combination. It's cool. And that's the National Portrait Gallery. And that is, is that free? Yes, it is, isn't yes, it? Yes, it's free, I think. Yes. And she was. Or the, even if it's not free, that's one that you should definitely go and see. Yeah, I mean, it's spelled. Binding. Yep. And she was so, so generous. Yeah, we met her. Yeah, she we got a picture with her. That's us. on the Talk Art Instagram yeah. page yeah, if you want to subscribe. She is a joy of a person. Yes. I mean, she has so much love. And yeah, we met her family. Well, she came up to me. She did, yeah. She walked up to Russell yeah. and was like, hello, just wanted to say I loved you in Looking. Yeah, she's a big I was fan so of Looking. Proud. Yeah, it was amazing. It's really interesting, by the way, because yeah. I feel like more and more people are, are watching Looking at the moment. I keep hearing it. Even the guy in the taxi last night. You know, I got in the taxi yeah. on the way home and yeah. he was like, is that guy off TV? Yeah. He, he'd been watching Looking. So he said him and her? No, no, he'd watched him and her, but oh. later in the journey, he'd, he'd been watching Looking. Really? Yeah, so it's fascinating. Maybe he's just gone out somewhere, because that... Uh, yeah, it's now because of like Netflix and now because of all that sort of stuff, the shows you make, which kind of might live on ITV or might live on HBO in the States, might live somewhere, are suddenly getting this whole resurgence of life and they're being shown on that platform. So so many people are catching stuff, which I completely thought... But you know what? The other thing about Looking was is the pace. I found it quite slow to begin with, but I enjoyed that about it. And I think it's the kind of show that needs time. Like, it needs to be around for a while for people just to relax and get, you know, because there were such expectations on it. I love that show anyway. But so did the taxi driver last night. So we're, we're rolling high at the minute, Rob. And then after that, we went to the Coliseum for the ENO the English National Opera's so fancy War Requiem by Benjamin Britten. Which we went to in... the opera. I mean, yeah. that you can't really get much more, more high brow. highly elevated Charged. kind of fancy thing. Yeah, and we went because we was invited by Wolfgang Tillman, who was the set designer for the production, and his uh, photography featured all the way through everything on the stage, the the, the costumes, 
down to like the fabric that was used to cover a coffin at some point was all from him, came from Wolfgang, and there was a beautiful film that was in that was devised for it and a, a lighting system. So that was visually, it was I really like the fact he had all the text as well from the what they're singing because you yeah. often can't understand what opera yeah. people are singing. No, that, that happens. That um, does happen. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know they always had the yeah, words yeah, up yeah, at the it top. Yeah, yeah, it does happen. Because it looked like but it was they even his used to do subtitles font. for the no, English No, that must bits, have been Wolfgang's is... type font. It was such a specific... Well, he might have chosen I think he chose font, the type font. But they do always And the colour, because that orange, it seemed very Wolfgang to me. Maybe. Because he's amazing. But you do always get like a whatever you call it yeah. thing. And then we saw Maureen Paley afterwards who invited us and she was lovely yeah. and we it saw was good. Wolfgang. The show was, the show was The show was interesting. It was tough. It was heavy. It's I mean... It's, it's basically, it's 90 minutes long. It was 90 minutes of minor keys and discord. And every time when there was a, a major key, it was like, oh wow, and then it was short-lived. And there was one section in the middle which is this complete release where snow kind of falls down. That was down, beautiful. And they... Why are you moving the microphone like that? Because I want to sit back in my seat and I want to still be heard. Well, I was talking and then you just create this kind of like storm of noise. That was the snow. Oh, I see. It's a conceptual mm-hmm. noise. It's a conceptual podcast. Well done. Thank you. But you've on. learned a lot from Michael Craig Martin last week. <laughs> Maybe you'll be a Cersei. I am currently drinking an oak tree. <laughs> oh, you Go are. on. Yeah. Um, anyway, so there's this complete release and there was this beautiful backdrop um, photograph that he obviously, I think, took in an aeroplane probably looking out at the clouds and it was like some kind of masterpiece painting Mm-mm-mm. you know like one old of those masters, yeah like an old master's painting but a photograph that yeah. he's taken now it was just stunning yeah. so that that was actually a relief because it was so emotive it was it really was quite sad well, I was, realized everyone I'd was dying it was war it was war you know, requiem wasn't it it, it was, was a requiem for war I saw Death in Venice that Benjamin Britten did yeah and I remembered why I don't like Benjamin Britten because it was so tough. It's so tough. It's so tough. But visually, I mean, it was stimulating. Yeah, it was mate, very it's effective. The, mate, it's the, oh my god! And to see so that many people on stage, it must have been about fifty people on stage. Yeah, singing. Exactly. It was. It was. Yeah. that was stunning. Visually. Do you know? I actually All went to kids. Verona a few years ago in oh, Italy, right. and yeah. I went to the outdoor um, opera, which I'd never done before, and right. it was in this huge like amphitheater outdoors. Yeah. And I saw two operas. One was Aida, and it was so over the top, the sets and everything. And mm. I just actually didn't really enjoy it that much. It you was just connect. so long. It was like yeah. hours and hours and hours and hours. I'm sorry. And we were outdoors. But the one I loved was La Boheme. Yeah, and they had this set. The, the set was a giant canvas. And they, they literally like unrolled this huge canvas over the whole of the stage. Yeah. And then they enacted the opera on the canvas. Oh. So there's a little opera art uh, crossover. Crossover. Hybrid. Highlight there for you. Yes. From Verona. We've been getting so much great feedback from yeah. the first two episodes. Thank you to everyone who's yeah, listening. Yeah, my God, please. And thank you for reviewing. Please keep spreading you. the word. It's, yeah. it's so nice. And don't forget, we've got our Instagram, at TalkArt, where you can see images <coughs> of every artwork that we talk about as yes. much as possible. Yes. Um, yeah, so thirsty, that's exciting. Very thirsty art images. Yeah, really thirsty. Super thirsty art. Okay, so our guest is on his way. He's in his own taxi. We tried to organise him. We, we, we like sending people Uber execs, but he was just like, I don't need your car. He's bigger than that. I'm bigger than that. I yeah. can get my own. He's so down to earth that he can get his own car. Yeah. But he's just written to me saying, um, I said, looking forward to the interview, he says, it's going to be the best day of our lives. I mean, that is a love of art yeah. already. I mean, no pressure. I can sense the, yeah. the excitement he has yeah. in that taxi or whatever he's getting. Here. Yes. So we've, um, we've got our guest here. Uh, he's turned Our up. guest has arrived. Uh, <laughs> nice jingle Thanks. and uh, he's amazing he was late yeah he got his, he got his own Uber um, even loosened up which is shush I gotta, don't talk yet I'm uh, <laughs> no talking yet you're ruining everything <laughs> no you aren't uh, he got his own Uber uh, which was a mistake made him late but he's here now and we love 
him. We love you. And... He's a really great friend of ours. He's yes. been living in London for about six months now. Right. And um and we've been He loves dragging... London as well. He does, yeah. But we've let's... been dragging him around art things. Dragging him up, dragging him around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but let us introduce our dear friend Pedro Pascal. Pascal. Welcome, Pedro. Thank you so much. So good to have <laughs> I'm you. I'm so here. impressed. Are you? I how, how well you introduce um, a podcast. Of course, right? It's a skill. It's a serious thing. I'm yeah. so nervous. No, we're in, don't be nervous. You don't need just to chill, be nervous. Take your coat off, relax. That's Pedro right. just came it's in and he was really impressed. I was ruining the introduction by saying that I haven't even taken my coat off. Take it off. Um, Pedro walked in and he was really impressed that we've got actually a little studio set up here yeah. and we're doing it all proper. I thought we're it would be like a recording in a device shed. With a little Casio watch that yeah, we're just exactly. all speaking into one at a time. Yeah, could you no. speak closer into the little recording device? So for everyone listening, um, Pedro is a really great actor. You might have seen him on Netflix on Nar- Narcos, which I always, call, just, I always call Marcos, <laughs> like Imelda Marcos for some <laughs> stupid reason. It gives away a lot um, about your personality. But how, how do the Americans say Narcos? Narcos. Narcos. No, but you say it again. Narcos. I love the way you say it. It's so good. Um, And then... You know, the word is Narcos. Narcos. Good one. Very nice. And also you've been in Game of Thrones. And I actually looked up last night to see what other things you've been in. You were in Homeland. Yeah. That's so cool. I love that show. I thought he was going to say Home and Away. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah, like you're really big in Australia. I'd be more impressed by that. (laughs) Um, But Pedro, we are so happy you're here with us because um, we asked him to come on and his first reaction was, I don't know anything about art. Which I'm, isn't true. I'm going to look stupid. But what it is my comparison. Doing? And we said, well, that's good. It'd be good to have someone in who... Who's an idiot. Not an idiot. <laughs> that's not... Don't listen to what everyone's saying. <laughs> that's not what they're saying. <laughs> but just have someone in who is going to ask the questions that, you know, a lot of people are afraid to ask or angrily do ask. We feel like you're that sort of voice. Provocative voice. Evocative, provocative, <laughs> voice of a generation. But let's just talk a bit about you. Pedro Pascal, born 1975 in Chile. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was born in Santiago, Chile in 1975. <clears throat> mm. And um, what do you want to know about that? Ah, oh, okay. So I've got a question about that, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I met an artist recently who um, grew up in Latin America. And yeah. growing up in Latin America, there is a lot of design building design, mid-century architecture, very is, popular, which we, well, I personally haven't experienced growing up in Romford and Essex. I don't think it's the same as your experience in growing up in Chile. Well, I didn't grow up in Chile. That's the thing. Is misconception. That, uh, yes, it's a misconception. I was nine oh. months old when my family fled Chile. Uh, okay. To Denmark? To We got asylum in Denmark. Wow. Um, they were granted political asylum in Denmark, which, you know, isn't, you know, it's just temporary. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a really long story. It's going to take up the whole podcast, but I'll just be as quick as I can. My dad ended up getting hired into um, a Chilean professor's lab in San Antonio, Texas, which brought my family to the States and turned oh, wow. me into a gringo. Um, and what does a gringo mean? Uh, an American. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. I mean, it's not, I mean, I suppose, I mean, maybe Americans are insulted by the term, but Latin Americans use it very casually. Right. And with affection. So where in America then was you brought up? I was, I lived in San Antonio, Texas. Right. My childhood. And the the, the, the dual experience of the U.S. and um, Chile is because 
um, my parents ended up on a list of pardoned exiles by the time I was eight years old. Wow. So which means that we went back and I mean, I've got 34 first cousins in Chile and I know all of them. It's not like, oh, I've got this big family that I don't yeah, know yeah, about. Yeah. I've, I know each and every one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but I didn't grow up with them, uh -huh. but I've, we've always gone to visit my whole life. My family moved back um, over 20 years ago. So I was already a deluded gringo, nineteen, a deluded gringo <laughs> who was like, "I'm going to be an actor." Fantastic. Um, well, you and did so it. I, I know. Can you believe it? What a what a what a shock! And so I st I stayed in the states, and my little brothers who were born in the states were raised in Chile, right? Et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, that's what. Well, my question was going to be: That's everything think... that makes me Chilean American, I guess. It's hot. Do you think? Yeah, I was going to say: Do you think that was? But you, you didn't because that wasn't your experience. But if you'd have grown up there, your your experience of design, your experience of architecture and art would have been influenced by your surroundings. But I guess your brother's going through that now and all your maybe, cousins. Maybe. It's interesting because if I had been, you know, tragically, what my cousins did grow up in mm. was... Um, Political... Dictatorship. Uh, yeah, yeah. A military dictatorship. Mm. So, of course, so many of the people that were persecuted were artists. Mm. Very, very, very well-known um, uh, poets and musicians, mm. visual artists. There's an entire kind of generation that's sort of erased. Wow. Um, you know, chased out or killed. Oh and so... Um, Did they, any of them return, the ones that were chased out? Uh, I'm sure, maybe some, mm. you know. Um, and uh, 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 I should know more than I do. Okay. Um, there's so much I'm ashamed about in this podcast. What are, you, what, are your, what are your big shames? Tell us your shames and we'll unshame you. I, are we allowed to curse on this thing? Yeah, of course. I don't know shit about art. That's and... not true because <laughs> it's not what's true. happened okay. since that true. is that it's since not... we lined you up, Rob took you to the tape the other day. Yeah, yeah, Rob yeah. came back and he said, uh, he actually knows quite a bit about quite a bit. So right, right. he's well, like, he's pretending he's well, all actually, like, oh, I don't know. So what, what happened was is that we mm. walked into a room that was Gerhard Richter. Yes, and mm. I had a, I had an experience with Gerhard Richter um, in a bar. In no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on. I went to this exhibition. Yeah, and um, and 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 I was blown away by the exhibition. It was at the MoMA. It must have been around 2001 or 2002. Right. Um, in in New York, and and I remember walking into a room. Uh, that were his seascapes. Mm -hmm. And you, you you would never be able to make the connection between the room we were in yes. at the Tate yeah. with his seascape uh, mm -hmm. uh, oil paintings. Mm -hmm. And um, in the room, you know, standing in the center of the room with like a view of a seascape to the front, in front of me, back of me, left and right. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I burst into tears. Did you really, really? I did, yeah, because it was so, it told such a story it was a very specific chapter in my, you know, life. I, and 9/11 had it, it must have been within months of 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 9/11 and getting wow. back to New York and my mother passing away and and everything, and I just remember that. I think that to get me through, such like so many periods of development as a, a person and a man, mm -hmm. um. I'd go to the fucking museum. Mm. That's so brilliant. And without knowing, like without being able to identify who the artist is of course you know in doing that i would be like gosh this moves me who is this etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah but I never so you came it. to it fresh you didn't really know his work beforehand you came to this show fresh. i had never seen and you had that before. Before. Wasn't that amazing 
Is that amazing? You just weren't expecting that. It was amazing that you can lean on going to museum to lose yourself when you're trying to work out psychological shit going on in your head. Absolutely. I absolutely do that. You do that. Yeah, totally. And we were in the room the other day at the Tate Modern. They had like a room of his more Squidgies, recent works. Yeah, the squeegee kind of yeah, um, abstract paintings. I find them tough. And, yeah. and that room I found particularly intense because of the colour green. And then you were like, you liked that colour. But I, I found them really difficult to sort of... Out of all of his works, they're the ones that I find I've, yeah. I I actually hate. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. If we ever make Gerhard Richter and he listens to talk about, which I think he does, <laughs> I, he, he'll hit me. But I, I hate them. Yeah. I hate the squidgy paintings oh. so much. I love lots of everything else that he does. It's hard to talk about because they're so different from the Gerhard Richter that has stayed in my yeah. experience, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, so, so different. Yeah. In fact, when we walked in there, Robert said, Russell hates this room. And I was like, yeah, it's terrible. Is that, get, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, wait a minute, it's brilliant. What, is, what does Russell not like? Okay, I don't like it either. <laughs> and I was like, no, he's wrong, he's an idiot. Yes. And here's why. See, see. The other yeah. room we went into was Rothko. And yeah. they've got an incredible Rothko room there. They've got very good Rothkos. Yes. Yeah. Well, they were the ones that were made for the Four Seasons, which was what the play Red was all about. Then yeah. paintings he was making in Red were for the hotel that then didn't end up in the hotel and they ended up... I haven't some... seen the play Red. Is it? Is it a good play? It's a great play. It's it's a great play. I haven't seen it either. You haven't seen it. It's a great play. There's, an ama there's amazing moments and these, these big canvases being painted throughout. It's, yeah, it's a pretty good play and it's a good... Um, Good way to see Mark Rothko, you know, to find out about that guy. Yeah. So that's good. His business. Yes. But no, I, I would say about Rothko. And how easy it is to paint one of his paintings yeah. if they do it during the show. Yeah. <laughs> Let's oh, just sit they, here they and really insult. Do, Let's just they really sit here do and that? insult brilliant No, artists. they have a moment where they prime it. They prime <laughs> the canvas. They don't make the full colours. No, I was they, gonna say. They, him and his assistant have this wild moment where they end up priming a canvas bright red right. to be painted on. And it's uh, very theatrical and it's powerful and it's paint everywhere and it's really amazing. Right. But my, see, my experience with Rothko, I'm just gonna pop, I've said this before, but you're, I think we are programmed like museum goers that when you come to a Rothko, it's gonna be like a, a religious moment. It's going to become like a, an emotional moment. I know, because so many people hype it up, don't they? Yes. And, and, I, I, and think, so I think you me, go in with loads of preconceptions. Exactly. And you think you're meant to feel exactly. something, which and then I puts so there, much pressure on you. There, come on. So, but my, you having this experience with Rick, of Richter reminds me of an experience that I had. Last year, I went into Zwerner Gallery in New York mm. and they had a, an Ad Reinhardt show. Oh, yeah. And I've always sort of, He's always been in the periphery, sort of ignored him. But they're, they're, they're these very kind of dark black, dark blue canvases mm -hmm. that, you know, are, are moving in front of you, which sort of Rothko does. It plays with colour. And I felt completely emotional. And I suddenly went, ah, this is my Rothko then. This is me discovering someone who I sort of didn't know loads about and having one of them moments. You know, um, I work with a painter called Peter Vermeersch from Belgium, mm. and he does paintings of sunsets and sunrises, mm. but he inverts the colour through photography, so it's like a negative image. Mm. And then he photo uh, makes a photorealist painting, copying the photograph. So if the sunset was red, it'll come out as green. or mm. You know, it's mm. always a different colour. Mm. But when you install those, if you do it at like an art fair or something, people get so emotional in front of them because they're maybe like three metre... Mm. painting we did that whole but room the, once didn't he yeah he, he he paints walls exactly yeah, yeah. he does huge spaces we did an exhibition once with three different rooms and it was naught to 100 percent of the color blue so you started in a white 
room and as you walked through it'd slowly go grey and then all the way through to like blue mm. and then the central corridors were like a kind of rich like Eve Klein intense blue like but the again like people were having these very physical experiences With to, colour. to colour that's what we said about last Which week Michael Craig Martin yeah. you got your hand in the air Pedro. I'm, I'm raising my hand yes raise it did you have one of his hanging in the in the at the, at the freeze art fair? fair? Yes, I did. Right. Pedro yeah. came to freeze this year, didn't you, yeah, Pedro? I did. Well, what was your feeling about freeze art fair? It was huge. Right. It was like overstimulation. It was like art on crack. Only because there was so much of it. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? How did you? How do you even? How do you even buy anything? It, 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 I was thinking I wanted to get this photograph. Um, Teresa Margolis by. Teresa Margolis, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I couldn't, I couldn't. Uh, maybe I still will, but I, I, I had that horrible feeling of um, it's like when you get something, yes, and then you like you have, and then you there's seven hundred, you have to pay for it, and <laughs> yeah. then there's like seven hundred other things, and obviously art is very expensive. You've got to be quite selective, yes. yes. In purchasing, you can yeah. reserve, and then you like. No, but we did that. We actually oh. did reserve it. <laughs> yeah, and then and I, then I saw five hundred other, other things, things that I wanted, that he liked. none of yeah. which I got. Yeah, I didn't get anything it because was, you'd already was... committed to that one, or because you no, like... because it was because I that's couldn't great. decide, and then the day was over, and then I went. But that's always the way. There was always going to be budgetary. But some people, some people can't actually buy art fairs. There's some people like literally go there and they, they just panic or they feel so pressured. Well, there was a woman. They, they feel too pressured. They can't buy it art first. A friend of yours had very, very, very good advice. Really? What was that? I forget. <laughs> wow. It well, was like something about really like, follow. It was something like, it was something along the lines of follow your heart, you know, like your oh, instinct. Wow, or your, really your instinct really rather new. than, rather than the knowledge of 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 what's popular and 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 what's a good investment and yeah but i think that's actually probably the best advice because at the end of the day you need to, to actually your, love something exactly and and your gut well, that's what like says yeah, you want it, it. you got to love yeah. it first off you yeah, got to yeah, love yeah. it you want she to seemed it. very yeah. sincere in telling me she was like i can see your eyes you know i can see the like the spiral <laughs> the in your eyes yeah. the eyes are going to pop out of your head but you, this is how you should do it if you really want to get something you should just you buy what you love. And you discovered Benjamin Senior as well, the social realist painter. There were like little paintings of people in South London. On Rob's booth. On our booth. Do you remember? Yes. Yeah, you really liked him. I loved. Yeah, but they'd already sold him. They were sold. Yeah. I would have gotten the one that I took a picture of. The yeah. swimming pool one. No, no. It was in Brixton Market of yeah. two guys playing chess. And it was a it's a great painting, but yeah, sadly yeah, yeah. it had already sold. It. It. Yeah. Give us some of these questions then that's come up from so, your Instagram. Um we have been asked by one of your fans, uh which what, you have many. What Spanish or Latin American artists do we all love? Ah. Um, so I have been thinking about that. And I really love Ligia Pape. And I went to Venice Biennale years ago and walked into this very dark room and it had gold threads um, pinned from the floor to the ceiling oh. in, in different kind of figurations with light shining on them. So light's actually part of the work. And it was the most spellbinding, I think they're called Tateas, the actual mm. series. And she also makes them with silver threads as well. Um, I've seen her things where she has the folding shapes that fold in themselves and she yeah, makes like, works too. on paper by them. Yeah, yeah, and she does a lot of wood blocks, um, yes. things like that. Carvings, yeah. yeah, so that was an experience where you walk into a room and the whole space is the work. Yeah. So you're, you kind of, your interaction with... Immersive. The, it's immersive, but it really is actually immersive. That yeah. word gets used a lot these days and I often just think, is it immersive? But it really is. And you, you, your interaction with the work kind of helps create the work. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I'll post a picture of it. I really, really liked 
her. My artist would be Carmen Herrera, who I absolutely love, who is 103, still alive, still working in New York, and she's Cuban. And she... uh, 103. 103, still working. She just had a show at Lisson Gallery called La Estructuras, which was all these metal structures that she created and the drawings that went for them and with them. Amazing. And she had a big moment when she was about 86, I think, when everyone finally discovered her. She was working around the same time as Ellsworth Kelly, Frank Stella, all of these geometric abstractionists that were male. Uh, and she was ignored. She tells this amazing story. One of the best documentaries I've seen, actually, is uh, The 100 Year Show, it's called, which is on mm. Netflix, which is about her life. And she tells this story about how she goes into a gallery with this female gallerist who runs a gallery. And the female gallerist turns around to her and says, you run circles around all of my male artists. You are incredible. And she was like, great, I'm going to get a show. She said, but I'm not going to give you a show because you're a woman. Wow. And that was a woman saying that to a woman yeah. wow. at that time. But she kept powering through. She kept doing her thing. Art became her life, and now she's having a moment. She's 103, and she's literally like, I ain't going anywhere. I've been, I've been fighting for this, and I'm going to enjoy this now. So she, it's amazing. She is stunning, just colorist, like a geomet- geometric artist. And well, I've got to go and you got to check her out. See this. Carmen Herrera. But you got to see this documentary. Documentary on yeah. immediately. Yeah, it's no, amazing. Should. The 100 yeah, show. It's like a half hour long. Right half hour long, and it's so, she's so cool, and her story is so amazing that you can't not fall in love with her completely mom deserves better than a drugstore card this mother's day surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. add your favorite photos a heartfelt message and we'll even mail it for you the same day all for just five dollars from mom to grandma we have something to celebrate every mom in your life every mom deserves a Moonpig card Get 50% off your first card at moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Right, Pedro, talk to me. Yeah. So, what are your hopes and fears of, you know, being here now? Sitting down and talking, yeah. trying to talk about art with you yeah. guys. Well, I was I was thinking about it because when when I was thinking about how preposterous it would be mm. for someone with my amount of knowledge mm. to come on to, you know, anything mm. that is centered on art. <laughs> anything at all. <laughs> Basically, it's preposterous that I leave the house every day. Um, no. Um, but then, of course, you know, it was comforting to go to the Tate with Rob and then be like, yeah, this, that, and the other. And I started thinking about I mean, recognizing certain artists and impressionists, and which is sort of typical, like your your your, your basic person is more familiar with that era of, yeah. of you know, all of these, you know, Europeans. And yeah, but so, your self-education grows the more you see, the more of you're course, knowledgeable. Absolutely. How lovely Without does that question. feel when you spot well, I started an artist to review, you recognize? Exactly. Well, I started to review, like, what my experience is. And honestly, my parents were great in terms of, like, all of the coolest things that I ever did in my life like I don't do anymore. Like they, 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 they made me, they made us go to the ballet. They made us go to mm-hmm. rock concerts. They, you know, they were so young, uh, you know, and, and, and sudden, you know, refugee immigrants mm. that, um, you How know, long was you in Denmark for? We were just there for a year. I have okay. no memory of it. All right, all right. 
And, um, but you know, in the U S like I was four years old and we went to go see the police in Austin in the field. You know what I mean? I saw the pretenders. I saw the rolling stuff. That was like, this is what you, this is, this is what you take your kids to is Mm -hmm. what my parents were, were, were under the impression or this is, or basically this is how you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. It also meant, you know, museums Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, they were, they were into the arts to a certain degree, also basketball, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, um, I got it. Yeah. And, and I think that, of course, I didn't appreciate it as a child, you know? Yes. Um, I thought the ballet was a nightmare and I, and that the museums were incredibly boring, mm. but it's obviously stayed with me and, and helped me. Um, it's formative in some ways through it's very formative, but also like, you know, going to New York when you're 18 years old, um, uh, as transient as my upbringing was, there was a chapter that was extremely sheltered and privileged, you know, um, because, uh, my father became a successful doctor and we moved from San Antonio to Orange County, California. I didn't really fit in and I didn't like it very much, but I still Orange County is like quite an affluent area, is it? It's affluent. It's conservative. Okay. Um, I was just looking at an article yesterday where it has, um, shockingly, uh, gone blue, uh, after the midterm elections. Really? Um, yeah. Oh. In, in terms of, uh, local politics. Because That's wow. bright, isn't it? A Republican capital of the country and Amazing. It to be. Yeah, exactly. But it also meant that I hated living there when I was like, you know, from 12 to 18. <laughs> but you're going to so... go back now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, um, so anyway, I think that it was very challenging to be in New York and then for my family to leave the U.S. and, and, and go back to Chile yeah. and stay in New York and, and, and stick it out. And on your own, on my own, so was that yeah. emotional like decision? I almost died like all the time. You know, I mean, I, what do you mean? I just was <clears throat> very challenged by the experience. I had to looking after yourself, get through school, and and and. Oh, you were at Tisch, weren't you? I was at Tisch. I yes. went to NYU. I was yep. studying theater. The I was auditioning. A tough place. I mean, yeah. it's a tough grind. You do not have winters like that in Orange County, California. Yeah, I probably. thought that I could buy like a coat at the Gap and then move to New York, and I was wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and. And so anyway, this is a long way of getting to the things that became integral sources of comfort and even, I would say, dramatically survival mm. um, was art. Yes. Yay. I remember going, okay, come fine. on. I was like pretty depressed Why and this? frightened. Huh? Was this 18 still? This is like 19, okay. you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 19, full identity crisis kids, in New York. No, but also you're forth. a creative human being, so I think we all feel... Sure, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever you say. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> Okay, you're not creative at all. You're very uncreative. Anyway, go on. Yes. I would go to this one painting all the time. Really? By Rousseau, and it was called The Dream. Really? Yeah, was it a jungle? It's at the, it's at the scape, point. Or? Exactly. Wow. And the woman, it's quite, people don't really like it very much because it's, it's, it doesn't have a lot of, um, animals. Uh, <laughs> it's got a lot of animals, but it's also kind of like basic and two dimensionally sort of, uh, uh, drawn, not okay. drawn because there's no, it's not a drawing. It's a painting. Well, like flatter. It's, but it's like, typical, typical of his work. Typical of his work. Okay. Absolutely. But you're saying that Rousseau in, 
for a lot of people, it's tough work. Is that what you're saying? Are you saying this I just remember I would be like, I would talk about it and, oh, I don't like that painting. You know what I mean? Or I would show it to somebody, you know, expecting them to have a similar kind of reaction. And they'd be like, gosh, I, 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 I. I, 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 you know, don't get it at all. It's sort of, yeah, it looks like a kid made it, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I, I would go and, 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 and look at this painting regularly of this, you know, woman basically kind of like waking up in, in the middle of the jungle with, with all of these animals like peeking out through the leaves and yeah. it's, it's, it's either dusk or dawn or it's night and it's just called the dream. And, um, I don't know why, I don't know why it was so comforting and, and, and it, it gave me so much hope that I can't even, I, I'm not even sure how, why. But it was a, t- but you challenged yourself because you kept going back to it, going, I'm, I'm drawn to this. I don't know why. I don't think I like it, but I can't. I like coming it back. From you, the, oh, you I loved did, it right? from the get. I'm just saying it wasn't kind of, it wasn't. Where was loved this by all. It was at the moment. It was, yeah. It's part of the permanent collection. I think it's wow. still exactly where, where you saw it. Do I you, think so. Do you ever go back and see it now? I haven't been in. Oh, I haven't been to the MoMA in a while. Okay. Well, I guess you've been working. Been all over very the world. busy. Very yeah. successful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Let's talk about your next I know. What are you going to spend all your money on, art wise? <laughs> no, no. No. That's all beginning. Come on, Robert. Um, Come on, Rob. And Come then on, we went to the Tate the other day and. We went to see Christian Markley's The Clock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, which I, didn't I say to you you're going to like that? And what did you think? You'd already seen it. Oh. You'd, see, you'd seen it in LA. Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. We I went at midnight. And, um, and no, we didn't go at midnight. He went at midnight in LA. I did. I went at midnight in LA. Yeah. Someone took me. I think that basically. Well, uh, like a look, date night? Uh, 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 no, <laughs> unfortunately. Oh. It wasn't. It would have been a great date night, actually. If you go and you sit down, and we sat there from like midnight to I think one in the morning or something, it was just a group of us. Um, again, it wasn't even my idea to go. I think that I'm very lucky to have people in my life that really introduce beautiful things to me. Um, and, and some of it is incentivized by myself, but a lot of it is the influence of He was gesturing friends. to me and Rob at that point. Oh, Barely. Oh, Barely. Thank you for that gesture. <laughs> and, um, and so, anyway, by periphery, well, you sat I know so much and I have right. incredible taste. No. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the interesting thing about the clock that I wanted to talk about was that, first of all, it's heaven for me because what I am, what we could talk about a film ad nauseum mm. is movies. Mm. Yes. And that's my father's fault because he would take us um, to the movies like a couple times a week during really? the school year. Uh-huh. Sweet. Wow. Uh, yeah, well, because he wanted to go. And he, they, you know, and he was like, he's like wow. couldn't get a babysitter like during school I used school to just week. play VHS's like loop, Robin so did Hood, I. cartoons, Little Mermaid, Sword yeah. in the Stone, yeah. with just some rotation constantly. Rescue was down under. Yeah. We, rotation, never had, rotation. we never had a, That's a so VHS cute, player. Those are all cartoons. We were, I was like, my dad took us to First Blood, Whoa. the first Rambo movie when oh, I was a kid. I mean, God. we saw, I, I remember seeing The Big Chill, which I don't know if anyone would even know, but it's this like ensemble, you know, white people's problems movie, which is like, you know, sex and, 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 and bourgeois problems, which, which mm. I, at age six, thought was masterful yes you know anyway point being the clock yeah so you saw it at midnight we saw it at midnight robert and i we saw it at like 3 p.m in the afternoon yeah Yeah. and um and it was interesting because what it is is he's literally following every second Mm -hmm. minute of the day yeah practically second of the day through clips of movies Mm -hmm. yeah and i obscure to popular to 10 years to edit took 10 years to edit mm-hmm. and so it, it, at, at midnight 
it's all scary movies. Mm. So it, there's so I many know. layers to it, isn't yeah. it? So you don't yeah. even think about that. That it's so, themed oh, it's throughout. All, the, and then even in in, in 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 at three o'clock, it was the narrative of there was almost like a mundaneness, sort of like post lunch investigative kind of mm. you know sluggish yeah sort of like moment in 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 narration in mm. in storytelling mm. basically mm. which i thought was really but it follows the time of what the real time is so whatever time you go is the time you're seeing yeah exactly yeah. so we're it's, sitting there and do you not think it's one of the most incredible it's fascinating and i was really obnoxious to poor people that were sitting next to us because i kept on leaning over to rob i was like that's hannibal that, that, no, that's like, the movie Hannibal. Which literally, every single. Oh, really? No, you, you don't spot, get it. Oh, I knew no, all of Russell, them. No, why? No, Kira Kurosawa. Well, there was like Honestly, a Kira Kurosawa. There was, I mean, like some obscure '80s movie with Eric Roberts. I mean, it was, it was. He knew every single film that not came every up. Single no, film. you did. We were there for like fifteen but minutes, a lot of them. twenty minutes or something, and. Every time something changed, he would be like, "That's this, that's this." Do you know him? Do you know that? I was just like, "I'm here I mean, with he the could best have been, person." He could have been making it up. I was. He wasn't making it up because you could tell, like, when Jodie Foster turned up on the screen, you knew it was Jodie. Like, I didn't even yeah. really recognize her straight away. Like, yeah, that was like a bizarre movie that went straight to video. That was called. Yeah. Uh, well, I only know. I'm really going to take us off track, but I only know because the. <laughs> I, I I know for a very strange reason. Anyway. Just leave it at that. Okay. Oh, okay. That's not <laughs> well, anyhow. But you, you need to be linked up with Chrissy Markley then. You need to like, interview him and do something about that because that is that would be an incredible pairing, right? Well, you guys just know these people? No, well, I, yeah, I, I, I met Christian last oh, you week. you did? Yeah, we're meant to be working with him, so I met him last week. But there was also this... See, they're like on sort the of rock and... stars to me. They're kind of like space aliens. Yeah. Yeah, artists. So, artists. Yeah. yeah, same. People that I've seen who, whose work is on the walls or in a, are moving through their exhibition, uh, you know, physically or sitting mm. there and watching it, whatever. They, it, It's so funny to be like, yeah, talk to... I was like, I can't talk to them. I know. They're 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 brilliant, and I'm insignificant. <laughs> I know that feeling, <laughs> and they probably feel exactly the same about you. Yeah, but I know that feeling completely. Really well, it's like that's like we were saying last night. We went to this opening for this artist, and she yeah. came over, and she'd watched Looking, so she, she came over to, to me, yeah. and I was a bit like, "Whoa!" Well, I we're here to yeah. see you. I know. So that that was an amazing moment, but you just don't you don't expect it. Yeah, and you feel like like with me with artists, I want to keep them on a pedestal. I want to keep them kind of untouchable because they're my heroes. Yeah. And then sometimes it's like you don't want to meet your heroes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that in terms of, I was sort of trying to justify my lack of knowledge in a way. Mm. This was like my case. What, in the club? That I was going to bring, no, oh. and to come and sit down with you guys and be mm. like, why, why would I, why would I, who am I to think that I could, you know, talk about art? But I started, I do have a really uh, uh, profound relationship with art even though I can't name names or know what the materials are or mm. why the materials are, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is something that is so, the more you investigate a thing, the more you break it down, the more it can surprise you and disappoint you and disillusion you and inspire you in an array of contradicting feelings. And I think that with art, whenever it gets into something that feels too intellectual or part of an industry, mm. it kind of 
I think, and I'm not, and I don't say this with judgment. I just say this as far as my experience is concerned. I think it corrupts what art means, how I experience art. Right, right, right. Which is why I'm just sort of like, you mean, I'd when rather I'm, be in a place of ignorance in a way. Yeah, so you so can, I can enjoy it on that pure level. Think, look at you mean art as a and not think about how I'm supposed industry. to think. Is that what you mean? I don't know what I mean. Let's okay, move great. on. No, 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 no but art as a, really you're saying art as an industry, like you're saying that art as a commodity can corrupt it when it becomes all about the high prices that's been made at auction. It becomes that's not just the actual human effect of being in front of an artwork. That I don't want to make that. it just about that because that's only a component because yeah. I really mean no judgment at all. I am an actor. I am in, you know, we work in, you, we work in, in you working with, a, you have a gallery. Yeah. You're an actor. Mm. We do television, theater, and film, Correct. and it's so precious and so corrupt and so amazing and so ridiculous. Yeah. It's just all the things. Yes, and we have to know all the things. Yes, and yeah. we have to because that's our job. Mm -hmm. With art, it's visual. I'm not an artist, and I can experience it like I I can stay a kid. Yeah, and not know about, not not have all of yeah, the. Yeah, well, that, the that, example of that is that I I don't know if you have this, but I was dating someone years ago, and they were a singer. Oh, here and, we go. Oh god, dating and, history. We're on the dating stories, and he uh, was. Uh, into producing his music as well. And he said to me one day, he said, you're really lucky because you could just hear a song for a song. But when I hear a song, I hear this bit of production, that bit of like auto-tune. I know when that's been linked to that bit, that bit is a sample from here. So I know that that's been... And he says, I can never listen to music now without breaking it down for myself, which is the same as us, I guess, for acting. When you watch oh things, God. you well, can exactly. see... Whereas I can go to see a film and I just watch the film, exactly. but you guys come or out and go, oh, I didn't like that actor, yes. or I well, can't I stand that Every time I see a play or... more than anything else, I will break it down. Yeah, whereas I don't do I that. am stuck in a place right now yeah. because despite being such a movie fan my whole life, I didn't get a chance to start being in movies until Later I was an old man. Well, you're not old. <laughs> And so you still got it. All thanks. All, <laughs> all I can think about now is what is the level of physical comfort that the actor is experiencing when I watch a movie? Really, I'm obsessed with looking at like identifying wigs and and costume really? like yeah. weight. And you know what I mean? And what, like, what, like, what, yeah. like whether they had to diet? Yeah, to no, be on no, the no, oh, not, no, not a person's weight. Well, how, like much the that, weight how much of, like, oh, the armor, really? the weight of the headpiece, the, the, the texture of the makeup. Is that and, because of your experiences being, so say for Game of Thrones, for example, when you was in a lot of armor and headpieces and shit. Would that and also, sort of didn't thing, you just do Final, Front, Final Frontier? Triple Frontier. Triple Frontier. The weight of the gun. <laughs> sorry, let's do that again. No, it's all right. You can get it wrong. Okay. Yeah, you can get it wrong. Okay, good. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. And that, all of those he, when that affected your performance, so now you look. Did it affect your performance more than you thought it would have done? Absolutely. So then it's, now you look at other it's people. All in the, it's like these incredible obstacles that are part of the 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 what is offered up visually in a movie mm. that 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 your 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 body has to actually go through. Mm. And I'm sorry, but like coming into you know, dealing with all of this, you know, in your early 40s is a little ironic. Yeah. Because you're like, well, I was really physically up for this, you know. <laughs> 15 years ago. 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm like, ow, ow, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and so I, 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 that was much longer than I meant it to be. But all I mean to say is that, yes, I, I, I am as much as my, my, my first true love, which is movies, 
I am now unable to free myself of the shackles of seeing a movie and being like, that leather doesn't look like it's very malleable. (laughs) I bet that guy can't, I bet that guy, I bet that guy has a super stiff neck at the end of the day because he he can't, he can't look down. Oh, wow. <laughs> like his and head also, is you stuck must... in that position because that leather looks really stiff. That's where I'm stuck. You must sympathize as well with wigs because haven't you been wearing a wig for the last sort of four months? He's or wearing something? one now. <laughs> yeah, let's not, let's not talk about it. Anyway. Useful long blonde wig is brought to the podcast. <laughs> um, oh, wow. But that's that's a really actually a quite a tragic tale you've just told us. What? Your first love, your one love is now... Yeah, but in a weird way... It's now by your own talent. But in a weird way, the clock, you seem to get a lot of joy out of. Because I think that had such short little bits of films that you were able to... You weren't able to look at the weights of someone's coat enough. There wasn't time (laughs) Bravo, Christian Markley for reigniting... What what glue they used to put the netting against the forehead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pedro's love of film. Oh, dude. Love this. So we're going to ask every guest we have on the show... If you could do an art heist and you could go to a museum and steal a painting and take it home, what painting would you steal? I mean, I guess I would have to steal the dream from ah the Rousseau, oh, the, the Henri Rousseau. Rousseau. Even if I've, you know, moved past, but yeah, sentimental. It would be sentimentally, I would have to choose uh, Rousseau's The Dream. Well, maybe we can get you a postcard of it. <laughs> I have them. You have <laughs> many. You got well, Maybe we can get you a poster. <laughs> a poster. Oh yeah. 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 Put it up in my freshman dorm room. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what is your favourite colour? What is my favourite? That's color? like a really favourite question of ours. Mm. I think it has to be purple. Really? Oh right, because our last guest like magenta. You've gone for purple. Purple. See, my mum. Hates purple. Yeah. For some it reason, she work. has adverse reactions. She's like, it's purple. I don't like it. Yeah. What is why purple? And again, sentimental. Go on. Uh, Prince. I was just about to say. Ah. See, I, I almost said that, but I thought Russell's mum was a better uh, comment. Singer. But um, <laughs> for me, purple had such a big influence on my childhood because of Prince. Yeah. I was obsessed with Prince. Yeah. And Purple is Prince to me. I don't yeah. think of anything else. If you say the word purple, I immediately... Well, he's think a screensaver and on your you've phone, got, Exactly. It? You've got Prince on your, your phone. And you've got yeah. purple on your T-shirt now. Yeah. Because there is a an Alice Walker element to it as well. Oh, really? Yeah. The Well, you know, the, the color purple. Yeah. But, you know, I I that also came into my life via Steven Spielberg and then the actual novel when I was really quite young. And there's this, and there's this quote, and I've never been able to forget it. And she says, um, one of the characters says to... Seely, the the main character of the book, the the heroine of the book. Um, I think it pisses God off if you walk past the color purple without stopping and noticing it. Isn't that nice? Yeah, I love that saying. And and you're right. Like I could never paint my room purple. I could never. I don't think I could. Um, you could do an accent wall. What's right? So I mean, an accent I wall would, that would be absolutely maybe horrible. you would. <laughs> I'm sorry, that would be horrible. It, I don't. Not, wanna, I didn't say it'd be nice. Car. I said you could. If you didn't want to do a whole room like a cocoon I recommend of purple, you don't. I don't want. I don't want a purple car. I don't want a no, purple but it, room. So it's I don't want sheets, a purple outfit. Purple sheets. Purple sheets. I don't want either. So it's more but what I would the like, color represents for you. Yeah, as a I would it's like, a feeling. I would like to take shrooms and have the air turn purple. That's what I would like. Do you know what I mean? You do that. Huh? I don't know how you do that. It kind of well, you just eat mushrooms and and they're you know purple haze. <laughs> um, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, exactly. I think it's more the emotional sort of experience of purple, as cheesy as that sounds. But like fucking purple rain, man. Yeah. Can man. you imagine seeing what purple you rain know, would after, look like, and what that yeah. would mean in terms of like 
the dying of love or the remembrance of love. I mean, he just captured it. It's like, I only want to see you laughing in the purple rain. Yeah. And it's just the most emotional, complicated kind of, you know, um, accessible yet. All right, I got to stop. No, no, this is no, really this touching, is Pedro. I love this. I was just about to say that after he died. Plus my mom loved Prince and she took me to see Purple Rain when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. Oh, the movie. Yeah. 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 No, I thought Rated you were, R. No, 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 because the 1985. I, I was about to say, but also there was a concert tour. <laughs> Nine and a half. I weeks, thought you might have meant well. the concert tour because you went to see a lot of concerts. Yes, I did. I see, I've seen. I saw Prince a lot okay. before he. <laughs> so after after he passed away, <laughs> mm. um, I went to a concert uh, by Beyonce in Wembley. You know, in the massive stadium, and he just passed like the week before. And halfway through her concert, she stopped the whole thing, and the screen just went purple. Mm. And they played "Purple Rain," like yeah. his version of it, and it started to rain. And we had like open, you know, the open roof yeah, of the yeah, thing, yeah. and it started to rain on us. And that was one of the most touching. Oh um, my god! Yeah, exactly. Touching moments. Somebody and, says uh, if you could describe your life as a painting, which painting would you choose oh. and why? Is that to all of us? Or just yeah, to all of us, yeah. Oh, please. You oh, wow. I would choose Catherine Bradford's painting of Superman, right. which is a very small painting, um, and it has this really big idea of Superman flying, and it's all about freedom and being strong, and mm. I just love that painting. And you can see yourself as that painting? I, I would love to be Superman in that painting, or actually any of her paintings, because I think they're genius. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. Do you know well, what? You have to answer oh, Okay, all right. So there's a Diane Arbus black and white photograph called Boy with Grenade in Central Park, and he's mm. there, and he's in little um, kind of, what do you call them thing, dungarees. I love that. And he's pulling some really crazy face, and he's got these two toy grenades in his hand, mm. and it's kind of joyous, but kind of slightly slightly fucking weird yeah and i'd say that was me oh. <laughs> and i just think it's such an incredible image this kid of like having this freedom but he's kind of like slightly anarchic wow. and slightly breaking the rules but they're they're toys but they're what they represent is so much i think it's an incredible image and i would say that that would be me right now and you know there's another thing that we can mention which is we're about to do a photo shoot for the um for the podcast yes because we've realized we need to have a proper like you know with graphic design text and everything yes um, we're going um, up in the world but, but yeah we're going Please, we're doing so it's on there come right with now. us page like come with us hold our hand page it's been so well received that we need a in. we need yeah. a proper front cover yeah yeah and we've been inspired by philip guston yeah and there's a painting that he did where you just see the eyes of people like peeking up and yeah it's at the moma as well you might have seen that that's part of their collection so we, we are about to become that painting effectively yeah. in our in our um Yes. Do I get to answer the question? Pedge, yes, exactly. Pedge. So join us, Pedro. Pedge, if you could be any painting, what painting would you be, Pedge? Um I don't want to bring up Gerhard Richter again. He's gotten yeah, enough he's gotten enough playtime. He's so brilliant. Oh my gosh, you've got to see those seascapes. You have to. I well, thought you also liked is, his glaciers. Oh, the glaciers, the the the, the his sculptures. He's 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 one of my favorites. Anyway. Good. I remember <laughs> I remember, but the one that pops into my mind is a bit darker, actually. That's good. Uh, uh, Lisa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like her. Uh, this, this is. Uh, what do you mean? Yours is you dying Arbus is a kid in Central Park with a grenade. Exactly. It's totally disturbing. <laughs> um, Mine was really sweet. Mine was just yeah, I want to be a superhero. You, you deserve it. You deserve um, to. Thanks, you are a supply. superhero. Yeah. Well, are you a superhero in anything, by the way? You're about to do Star Wars, aren't you? Oh, Star Wars. Is that a superhero? The Mandalorian. Do I get to answer the interesting question? Okay, sorry. You guys like got your answers and Okay, okay go on. You come on. Well, I think it's a it's a Goya. Whoa. Oh. Yeah, old school. Yeah. Mm. Um etching. And I think it's called Painting. like Dog Buried in Sand or something like that. Wow. And it's 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 um it's so 
I, I remember feeling it was the, it was such a visual representation of helplessness in, 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 in such a, not to, not to say that, you know, come on, let's all admit that like helplessness is a very reoccurring feeling for, for so many of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. When it comes to what so many things. What age was this? Things. Was this your experience? I guess in New York? I, I was in, I was in Spain. I was in Madrid right. and I was 20. Wow. And I went to the Goya Museum. Wow. And what's interesting about it is that so the, the, the head of the dog is really, really quite small and, 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 and sort of adorable. And it yeah. looks like a, a stray mutt, you know, head of a dog. And the painting, if I can remember it correctly, I think is very sort of um, rectangular. It is. I've actually just found an image of it. There and it is. There it is. And so there's so the much dog. above him. Like the world just seems so big. Oh God! Doesn't it? But doesn't that? I it's mean, incredible. It's quite incredible, isn't it? Yeah. I know it's sad and it sort of sad, dark, yeah. and maybe I, look, I, I really like and en no, enjoy it's... perceiving myself as being. Yeah, but he's also by... kind of caught, like caught in a storm, or he could be in the sea. He could be like pad, like doggy paddling yeah, in the he's sea. Yeah, cer he's certainly not dying. It's just sort of it, it, it's a moment. Maybe he's totally dying. Like, he's there's not no dying. way that so dog's he's surviving. I see it as a survivor. There's no way that he's just coming over the horizon. That dog is so. Fucked. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, that's the painting that represents my life. I've had some of the best. <laughs> 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 oh, wow. I've had some Page. of the most touching moments of my life in Madrid uh, with Except art. With Pedro. Um, no, Madrid not with Pedro. Actually, th th this might be up there, this actual interview right yeah. now. One of the most um, touching experiences. But in the um, Prado Museum, mm. um, the Hieronymus Bosch room there yes, in yes, Madrid, yes. I'd never seen Hieronymus Bosch and my friends Catalina March and Carmen took me to, to the Hieronymus Bosch room, El Bosque, and they were amazing, those mm. paintings. They were made in the 1500s and you can't believe that they, you know... Because you just see a lot of these things reproduced in books and oh. it's never as much as like the feeling is never as good as when you see it in the and flesh, actually so. I think the you Prado see art in flesh. Prado is probably my favourite museum in the world yeah I like so it so I'm really glad you brought that's up my, my, Prado exactly that's where you went no, yeah, see exactly. That? yeah exactly oh so you were what was this Prado thing you were, you were going to link up Prado oh yeah Edge. so I was just in Milan uh -huh. for the Prado Foundation so Mutua Prada and Patrizio Botelli the Prado family hosted um, Luke Toymans who's a friend of mine um, and I've collaborated with him a bit recently he's a very famous painter and he curated a show with I think 80 artists from around the world and in Interestingly, linking to Goya, it actually has Jake and Dinos Chapman's Hell, which is yeah. um, miniature sculptures. You know, like you all, know that you know that Edge. one. You? No, I'm just I've no oh, Goya's into uh, it. Yeah, like disasters of war yeah. and all that stuff. So it's it's kind of linked to. Um, it's just the worst part of humanity, basically, but in tiny miniature sculptures. And you walk through it in this kind of cross shape. It, it's really intense. Wow. But they had Caravaggio paintings. Um, of like the boy with the lizard and then the one that Russell likes, which is the giant with the, ripping, giant the, head with ripping the head off and all this kind of stuff. And they had Van Dyke paintings and Issa Gensken <laughs> and loads of artists that I loved. So I found that really inspiring. But when I got there, I was like Prada. It just made me think of you because I think you should be a Prada model. Oh, now God. that you're like a Hollywood actor. Oh, no. And no, you have to. Because mm -hmm. the first time we ever met you, you turned up to a party and you walked in and you were wearing head to toe Prada. And I was just like, head to who, toe. who is this? Do you have Prada underwear I was on? coming from from a, a shoot premiere a premiere and I said it wasn't to your, my Prada I said to your I was alone did you not keep it they don't let us keep it What's do they so let you sad? keep things Prada no Prada no, no I but like when they give you a Prada. sometimes yeah of course they don't they especially don't. if they have to like cut it to your size nah that's nice you get my size clothes. is so yeah what usable 
<laughs> it means you're like, you're like the model, model size. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, anyway, so there we go. I, I think you'd be a great Prada model. I'm just trying to get you a job. He needs work. I actually... <laughs> <laughs> Let's celebrate you for being uh, announced this week as the Mandalorian in the Disney Star spin-off. Wars. Um, but anyway, just congratulations on all of your success, mate. It's brilliant. It's been wonderful having you in London with us for so long. How much longer are you here for? I am here, I think, until like early December. We're going to miss more you. Weeks. I'm really anxious going. about it. The, London is one of the only places that I... Feel welcome. Get, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and Orange County now. Because they're you too polite. Back. Yeah, exactly. But, but the English but, are too polite to make you feel unwelcome. But now. you're going to be really happy to be back in New York because you're going on the stage, aren't you, in Broadway? Yes. Um, yeah. With a very famous English actress. Glenda Jackson. Glenda Jackson. will be playing and Lear. Ruth Wilson's doing She's it, right? playing King Lear. Ruth Wilson is uh, Cordelia and the Fool. Amazing. I'm Edmund the Bastard. Hot. Hot. Bastard. And your I, dog, Edgar, is also has a namesake in the in the play, doesn't exactly. he? Your brother, your character's yeah, brother. My character's yeah. brother. Edgar. Was that what he was named after? Yeah. No. Yeah, it's true. Well, also crossing the like like getting this dog out of the pound and 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 kind of panicking and hating the the the, the name that the pound had given the dog. And what was his name? Cro- it was like Fival or something like that. <laughs> oh. And then crossing an intersection and looking up and seeing Edgar Ramirez on the poster for Gianni Versace and being like, oh, Edgar. Edgar. Good one. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, I don't know. So if not Edgar appreciated not named me after naming King Lear. His... Is actually named. Well, after Edgar's it. one of my favorite. Ca- one of my favorite scenes in the entire canon of Shakespeare is between Edgar and Gloucester. Whoa! And so so... It's astral projection, Pedge. That's what you've done. Yeah, you know that. Except well, we are going to come to Broadway. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> Slightly. You went, you went a bit off. By proximity, again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Peripherally, yeah, peripherally, astrally associated yeah, with yeah, great yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done. Ledge. Well, we're going to come to Broadway. Peripherally, astrally projected. Hashtag. I just spoke over all of that. (laughs) Oh, well. Um, I was going to say, we're going to come and see you in Broadway. Uh, We're all going to come. Everybody listening to this podcast. Everyone listening to this podcast, let's fly to New York and see you in Broadway. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about your experiences with art. This was awful. It's been. It wasn't. Have you had an awful time? Yeah. Oh. You drank the tea, though. That was nice, right? It's quite good. Thank God. It's green tea, so it sort of sharpens the mind. It does. You are very sharp. Very no, we've, it's been a, the biggest pleasure having you here. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on, Pedro. Pedro Pascal, and you're a legend. You're an icon. Thank you so much. Thank you. So glad you are my friends. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's a nice ending. Okay. Bye. 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 You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamant and Russell Tovey. Follow us on Instagram at TalkArt, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in this episode. Recorded at Spiritland London by Anthony Shaw and edited by Gareth Isles. Subscribe to TalkArt on iTunes and Spotify. Give us a rating and write us a comment. Thanks for listening. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalised card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com